Good morning. Um, so, we were just talking around, and we have an idea. First of all, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, here is our idea. What if we compacted? What if we scoot up just a little bit? We've got some awesome uh, Christmas morning hymns coming your way. And, all right, I'm seeing no movement so far. All right, it was just an experiment. I wanted to, oh, Emily's standing up. All right, lead the way, Emily. <laughs> so, okay, no pre you don't have to. This is, this is America. You can, you can do what you want. Um, but if you want to, all right, okay, that was my last shot. Good morning. Um, seriously, Merry Christmas. Thank you all so much for being here. It's great to see you all from a long ways away. I can see you all. Um, if you were closer, I could see you better, but um, that's okay. It's okay. Um, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas. So, um, If you would, let's go ahead and use this time. Fill out an attendance card, and uh, we'll have the, the youngins come around, pick them up. I've got uh, a couple of prayer requests and then a couple of answered prayers to announce. So, uh, first one, we'd like to ask your prayers for Carol Henry, who's the brother of Donna Wright. Um, Carol suffered a stroke yesterday morning and has been admitted into a hospital in Austin. Um, so we've been asked to keep Carol and Donna's family in our prayers. And also, uh, I've been asked to mention that uh, Dot White is now at the Hospice of East Texas. So Dot's been moved to the Hospice at East Texas, and we want to continue to keep Dot in our prayers um, now for some answered prayers, Aiden O'Donnell, the grandson of Joanne Wilkinson, uh, had a successful kidney transplant surgery. Now this has been a long time in the making, and this is awesome, awesome news. Um, his mom actually acted as the donor. Everything went well on her end, and then it was a good match, and uh, it went in well for him, and they're both at home recovering now, and so those are, that's awesome, awesome news. Uh, and then uh, the other a uh, bit of exciting news that I have is uh, Chandler Cook's girlfriend, Kaylin Mark, was actually baptized yesterday. Now, I'm not going to ask her to stand, but uh, Kaylin, welcome to the family. This is awesome, awesome stuff. But we're so proud of you and so excited to uh, celebrate with you. As far as schedule goes, uh, I hope you didn't show up for class this morning. If you did, I hope you had a good time. And there's nothing this evening either, so don't show up then. So if you would, I'll ask you to stand, and I'll open this morning up with the scripture reading. This is coming from Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord.
Father, we're thankful to you for this day that you've given us of worship, thankful that we can gather as, as your children and uh, uh, glorify you and worship you and give you the praise that you deserve. Father, we accept our thanks for all our blessings for the West Irwin congregation, for its leadership, uh, for the staff, and for each member. Father, we're thankful for our, our new, newest member, Kaylin Mark. Uh, thankful for her baptism. We ask uh, for safety for those of our church that are traveling to be with them through the holidays uh, and for our visitors as well as they return to their home we pray for their their safe trip and please give those of our youth group and their families a safe trip to Colorado and back uh, later this week as they make that trip. God we ask that you would be with our sick, uh, be with uh, Ralph and Barbara Henderson and their health issues at this time, and be with Dot White and uh, Donna Wright's brother, Carol Henry, uh, who suffered the stroke this past week. Also, we pray for Eli Hodges and his upcoming heart surgery, and we pray that uh, it will go, go on schedule and, and uh, will be what he needs to to sustain his life, his young life. Father, we pray for those that have lost loved ones uh, uh, this week, uh, uh, recently, uh, the family of Frank Davenport, uh, and for Glenn Cobb, uh, pray for his, the loss of his wife. We pray that you will comfort him. Father, we pray that you'll be with Howard and Linda and Brenda Dixon, the loss of Donald and others that are going through these holidays uh, without loved ones that they've lost this year. Father, the first, first holidays and anniversaries are always tough without those that have been part of our lives, and we pray that you'll be with uh, each, one that has, each one that is in this situation. Father, we pray for our nation, that we will turn back to you and honor you as the only true and living God. We pray that we will once again honor your scriptures. Lord, we realize that we're living in a changing society, but we recognize you as our constant. You are our guiding light, our north star. Indeed, you are the same today as you were yesterday and will be tomorrow. Father, we're so thankful for 
for that, that we can always depend upon you no matter what goes on around us. And as the world changes about us, help us as your people to draw, draw the line in the sand for what is right, for what you've taught us is right and, and what you've taught us is wrong, for what you've taught us is good and, and evil, for blessings or sin. Father, give us strength to hold and not cross that line, no matter how we're tempted, and for us to be, or for us uh, being deceived. Father, help us to remember and recognize Satan is behind all that is not from you. Father, he's such a great deceiver, and we pray that we will always recognize the, the sin in the world is, is as a result of what Satan is trying to do. As we come to the end of another year, we look back on how we lived, how we could have lived better for you, on things we did, uh, or things we should not have done, on the things that we've said or should have said. Father, we realize that we've had, had thoughts that we should not have had, and for all these things and these weaknesses uh, in our lives, we pray that you will forgive us. And let us not forget, let us forget what is past and press on toward the future, toward the goal, the high calling. Father, we pray that we will be brighter lights for you in, in your kingdom in the upcoming new year. Help us to live more Christ-like lives, to stand and speak out for the truth, to be less ju judgmental of others, and to love one another more. Help us to be more forgiving and more willing to help one bear one another's burdens. Father, you've given us hope of a coming Savior throughout scriptures, beginning in Genesis. You've given us prophecy of Emmanuel to be born of a virgin in Isaiah. You've given us an account of that miraculous birth in Luke where you sent your son from heaven to earth. Father, without that birth and life on earth, there wouldn't have been his death, your sacrifice, and his glorious resurrection that gives, gives us hope of eternal life. Father, this is our greatest gift, and it's from you, and it's because of your son. We realize that the world has chosen this day to, to celebrate Jesus' birth. And while we recognize his birth, we know Jesus has instructed us to remember his suffering and death, death on the cross through the Lord's Supper, a communion with him. Father, as at this time of year when, when much of the world thinks about the birth of Jesus, we pray that we will take advantage of this occasion to speak to others about Jesus and the way of salvation that he has through your only son. Father, we pray that you will continue to be with each of us and forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Help us prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper. We'll sing, Lead Me to Calvary. King of my life, my crown, we are.
morning again. Um, it just kind of sneaks up on you. It, it, no matter how far out you start preparing, no matter how soon you put up the Christmas lights or this or that, it seems like it just sneaks up on you. And here we are, uh, December 25th. Now, this past month in our youth group uh, class, we've been trying to prepare ourselves a little bit for today, prepare ourselves just for this idea of the birth of Christ. And so what we've done is we've actually looked at the story of the birth of Christ, um, all the way from a teenage girl named Mary who is set to be married, and all of a sudden she's pregnant, and an angel tells her that it's of the Holy Spirit, and she's given birth to the Messiah. How can this be possible? And then we have the man that she's set to be married to, uh, Joseph, and I mean, how do you react to that whenever the, the, the girl, the woman that you're set to be married to tells you, by the way, I'm pregnant with the Lord's son, and then an angel comes and confirms the same thing to him. Um, how do you react? What's the response to that? Then, as Eric talked about, uh, the genealogy. I mean, just ripe with so much information whenever we read through Matthew chapter 1. Um, it's not... It is a unique genealogy. It's not like the genealogies that we see um, of that day. There are women included, and, and the women that are included um, aren't necessarily the people that you would throw in, even if they were men. Um, it's just a fascinating, fascinating story. But through this whole series, one thing that we've kept coming back around to and landing on was the idea of gifts. You know, maybe you woke up this morning and first thing you did was run and there's so many gifts under the tree, and you open up the gifts, or maybe that's coming later today. Um, but gifts, whenever you think of Christmas, that's one of the, the first things that comes to mind. Um, but I want for you to think about something. Some gifts are harder to accept than others. Some gifts are harder to accept than others. Now, what do I mean by this? Um, imagine that you wake up this morning, and you go and you run, and there's three gifts underneath the tree, and you are super excited to open them up. You know, the people that you love most put these gifts under the tree for you. So you go, and you open up the first one, and it's a stick of deodorant. All right. Thank you. Um, you know, we all need deodorant. We all use it. Cologne, perfume, that's a little bit different. Um, hopefully we all use it. But deodorant. Okay. Thank you. Um, then you open up the second one, and it's a scale. Um, not a kitchen scale, but like a scale that you stand on. Okay, we're 0 for 2 so far. Um, and then you get to the third one, you open up the third gift, and it's a book. You're, oh, I like to read. Uh, I'm excited to get a book. Well, the title of the book is How to Be a Less Selfish Person. How to Be a Less Selfish Person? What do I say? Um, so these are your three gifts given to you. Now, I, I don't know what your response would be. I, I don't know what my response would be. Um, but I want for you to think about if you were to sincerely say thank you for these gifts, what are you kind of admitting in, in that instance? Maybe you're admitting, I do, maybe I do stink. Um, maybe I do need to watch my health. Or maybe, uh, maybe I am a little bit of a selfish person sometimes. Um, so as you can see, some gifts are harder to receive than others, but whenever we think about the gift, whenever we think about the gift of Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of all time, no, no greater gift could ever be given, um, it's also the hardest gift that we could ever accept, the hardest gift that we could ever receive. And the reason for that 
is because in order to receive this gift, what do you have to do? You have to admit, I am broken. I'm not perfect. And even more so than that, I can't fix myself. I need someone else to do it for me. I, I need a Lord, a Savior. I, I need a Messiah. I need a Savior, um, someone that can fix me because I am broken. I am in need of fixing. And as we've talked about, as, as we're thinking about this morning, um, the gift was given. No greater gift has ever been given and uh, none ever will be. Um, the gift of Jesus Christ coming in the form of a human, in the form of a baby, living the perfect life, dying for us, dying for you and me, and then rising again. And that's what we're focusing on this morning as we uh, take this meal. Let's pray. Lord God, um, there aren't really words to be able to put to it. Uh, just the sacrifice that was made um, of sending Jesus, sending your only son. And Lord, uh, there's no words to put to it. Uh, just how grateful we are. Um, Lord, we are broken. We are in need of a savior. Uh, we can't fix ourselves. And Lord, uh, you know that. You knew that. And that's why Jesus came. Um, Lord, we thank you so much for the body that was pierced. And as we take this bread, um, just help us to remember uh, what was going on, what it was. And uh, Lord, we thank you so much for his body. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord God, as we continue this meal together, um, as we partake of the cup, Lord, remind us of what the point of all this was. As we're communing together, as we're taking communion, as we're gathering around the table with all who ever have and all who ever will, Lord, as we're gathering around the table with your son right now, uh, remind us that the whole point, the whole reason for the sacrifice of Christ was not only to save us uh, from the, the bad parts, but Lord, so that we could have a relationship with you, so that this meal that we're sharing, that this could be an every day and every moment um, walk with you. Lord, remind us of that as we take this cup. We love you, and it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. As we move into the time of offering, I just want for us to think about uh, the joy of thinking about gift giving, right? It's fun to receive gifts. It's, it's fun growing up uh, to light up whenever you see the gifts under the tree. Um, but I think as we get older, we see more and more the joy of giving instead of receiving. The gift of giving. And this is something that we get to do every week. But... Uh, don't let that joy slip away. Every time that, that you give, um, be reminded that this isn't just going through the motions. You're truly giving something that's not your own in the first place. Um, so I, I pray that we would have that joy this morning, and uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we thank you for the ways that you have blessed us. Lord, you've blessed us with a church family. You've blessed us with friends uh, here amongst each other in the pews. And Lord, you've blessed us materially. You've, you've just blessed us in so, so many ways. And Lord, I pray that as we give back our time, give back our efforts, give back financially, whatever it may be, um, Lord, remind us of the joy that comes from giving. Um, Lord, it is fun to receive, and we've received so much from you, uh, but it's not our own. You haven't given it to us for our own glory, uh, but, but for yours. And Lord, uh, we just pray that as we give this morning, uh, that we would give joyfully. Lord, we love you, and it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.
I think we're good for kids' time, so let's have our kids come up while we sing about these cold blue skies we've been having. Blue skies and rainbows and sunbeams from heaven are what I can see. When my Lord is living in me, I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. Nevermore will I be all alone since he promised me that we never would part. Well, how many of you have received some gifts lately? Okay, several of you have. Do you know why we give gifts on Christmas Day? Why? That's right, to celebrate Jesus' birthday. We celebrate the day that Jesus was born, and we don't know exactly what day that is, but people all around the world do that today on December 25th, and that's a really good thing. We're really glad that Jesus' name is being given, and you know why we give those gifts? Because of Jesus' birth. God gave the greatest gift of all, just like Mr. Tucker said a few minutes ago, God gave us the greatest gift of all, and that was the gift of His Son, of His Son Jesus. And I'm going to be telling that story today, and so Mr. Bill would like to have a little bit of help from you to help me remember some of that story. Do you remember what Jesus' mother's name was? What was it? It was Mary, that's right, and Mary had a, a husband that she was going to have a family with, and he was there with Jesus when he was born. What was his name? What do you think? Joseph, that's right. So it was Joseph and Mary and Jesus. Now, there were some men that were kind of nearby. They were out in the field. What were they doing? Do you remember what they were? They were watching their sheep. What do we call those men who watch sheep? We call them shepherds that's right and so there were shepherds that were out there and they were taking care of their sheep and then all of a sudden they heard about Jesus who did they hear about Jesus from did someone ride out on their horse and tell them or did someone send them a text message or what happened remember who was it it was an angel that's right an angel came and told them the story of Jesus that he was born and told them where to look and what to look for. And then a whole bunch of angels came up and were singing praises to God. Later on, there were some wise men that came and saw Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And they, how did they know to come? Do you remember what they were following? What did they see in the sky? Did they see a plane carrying a message behind it? No, they didn't. They saw a star. And they followed that star all the way to Jerusalem. And then they heard that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. And they went and they worshipped Jesus there. And all of this is because God loved us so very much that he gave us something. He gave us the greatest gift of all. He gave us the gift of his son. And so now what we do to celebrate it, we give gifts to each other. Because we love each other just like Jesus loved us and just like God loved us in giving us Jesus. And it's a wonderful thing. You know, Jesus would grow up 
and he would die on the cross for us and be raised from the dead. But before he did that, he said something very powerful. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so as much as we like to get gifts and open those presents, it's just as great and even a greater blessing to be able to give that joy to others. Okay, remember we don't have blast today, so I'm not sending you back to blast. But I am sending you back to sit with your wonderful families as we sing about Jesus one more time. Okay, I know that Jesus is well and alive today. He makes his home in my heart. <laughs> Nevermore will I be all alone since he promised me that we never would part. For Bill's lesson to us, let's all stand and sing. Hark the herald angels sing. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. Merry Christmas to all. Thank you for being here. If you're watching online, welcome and Merry Christmas to you as well. We saved a few seats for you. They're mostly in the front. <clears throat> but uh, as you can see, we have a good crowd that is gathered here in person. I know we have a lot of folks that are joining us and celebrating this wonderful, wonderful day uh, with us online as well. Uh, and it is perhaps the most celebrated event in human history. We know, just like we said with the kids, that we don't know exactly when Jesus was born. We don't know exactly the day. Um, it may have been December 25th. It may not have been. But one of the things we do know is that it was a great celebration. When Jesus was born, there was a wonderful celebration in heaven and on earth. And so it's a wonderful thing that around the world, really, not just even here in America, but around the world, people are celebrating Jesus Christ today. And that's a, that's a great and wonderful thing. It is perhaps the most celebrated event in human history. I think it's probably even more celebrated than Easter Sunday and the resurrection. Not sure I would agree that that's the way it should be, but I think that that's the way it is, simply because this story is so beautiful. It's so wonderful. In many ways, it's, it's so magical. There's just something special and joyful about a baby, about a birth. And we've experienced a lot of births over the last several months here and over the last several uh, years here as a church family. And it's a wonderful thing to get to celebrate. And I think that's part of what makes this such a wonderful, joyful story. But I think there's something more than that. 
Without the birth of Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection would not be possible. It would never have happened. It only happened because God loved us so much that He gave us this incredible, wonderful gift. The gift of His Son. And so it's no surprise that it is the most celebrated event in human history. And so today as we think about Jesus and we think about the great gift that He is and we think about the great blessing that we have in our lives and we recognize that what made all of that possible was that day over 2,000 years ago or about 2,000 years ago when He was born in the humblest of circumstances in spite of being the Son of God. And so this morning, as we think about that, I want us to reflect a little bit on that story. Tucker has shared some about that story. We've sung about that story. And I want us to remind ourselves today of that, the greatest story ever told. The greatest story because it is the greatest gift. So let's think about the story. We'll talk about the purpose in a little bit, but let's think first about the story. We read about it in two of the four Gospels. John and Mark don't really include much uh, at all about the nativity scene, the story around Jesus' birth. But Matthew and Luke do, especially Luke. Luke 1 and 2, and then Matthew shares some things that Luke doesn't share in in Matthew uh, 1 and 2. And so let's think about this story. And you know, it doesn't begin with Jesus. It doesn't even begin with Jesus' earthly parents, with Mary and with Joseph. But it begins with an older couple by the name of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth were both descendants of Aaron, the brother of Moses. And that means that Zechariah was a priest. And so when his his, uh, uh, group came up for duty... He had to serve in the temple in Jerusalem as a priest. Well, one of the days that he was there, he had this incredible vision. And it was an angel visiting him. And the angel told him, Zechariah, your and Elizabeth's prayers have been heard. They've gone up before the Lord God and they've been heard. And Zechariah and Elizabeth had never had a child. They had been unable to conceive. And now they were elderly, and they thought that that ship has sailed, that'll never happen. And they felt that great sense of loss. Well, Zechariah's in the, in the temple, and he's performing his priestly duties, and all of a sudden, here's this angel, and the angel says, your prayers have been heard. You and your wife, Elizabeth, are going to have a son, and you need to name him John, and he is going to be a prophet of the Most High God. He's going to prepare the people to meet the Lord. Well, Zechariah was a little bit braver than Bill. Bill would have just fainted dead away. But Zechariah asks the angel, wait, how can this be? Elizabeth and I are elderly. We're well past the childbearing years. How how is that possible? We've never had a child. And the angel says, I am Gabriel, one of two angels mentioned in Scripture. I am Gabriel, and I... I minister before the Lord, and I've come here to tell you this is going to happen. Now, because you doubted, because you questioned, you will not be able to speak until this baby is born. 
And so Zechariah went out, and of course he had been in there a little bit longer than normal, and so he goes about, and he's, everybody is asking him, what happened, what happened? And he can't tell them. <laughs> so he's making all kinds of hand motions, and he asks you know, for something to write on, and, and they finally realize that he's seen a vision. And then he and Elizabeth go back home, and in the natural way, they actually do conceive, and she becomes pregnant. Well, three months later, the angel Gabriel visits this young, as best we can tell, teenage girl by the name of Mary. And he goes to her and he says, Mary, you are, you're blessed before the Lord. And you've been chosen. You've been chosen to bear a child. And you're going to name him Jesus because he will save his people from his sin, from their sins. And Mary, I mean, she's had biology. She says, uh, I don't think that's possible. I've never been with a man. Yes, I'm engaged, but I've never been with a man. I can't be pregnant. And again, the angel Gabriel says, well, what's conceived in you, Mary, is conceived in you from the Lord God himself. So that this child that you will bear will be called the Son of God. And Mary, in great faith, says, I'm the, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm at, I'll do whatever the will of the Lord is. Even this. So she leaves and she goes and she tells Joseph. As best we can tell, Joseph, an older man, an honorable man. And Joseph hears her story. And she tells them, I've, I've, I've had a vision from an angel. His name is Gabriel, and, and he's told me that, that I'm, I'm going to be pregnant, and it's going to be from the hand of God. Well, Joseph doesn't know what to believe. He wants to trust Mary. He loves her, obviously. He's a compassionate man. But he knows what the law says, and he knows the biology of it all himself. And so he can't believe her story. And according to the law, he could take Mary and have her uh, put to death because of immorality. But he doesn't want to do that because, again, he's a kind man. He's a compassionate man. He loves Mary. And so he decides he's just going to break off the engagement and do that more privately and not, not make a big public scene about this and not embarrass her any more than he has to and certainly not bring her any harm. But before he can do that, he's visited. He's visited by an angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord tells him, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What she's telling you is true. She's telling you the truth. She has a baby growing inside of her through the power of the Lord himself. And this is, Matthew tells us, this, is, this fulfills what Isaiah, had, the prophet, had talked about when he said... There will be a, a young woman who will bear a child. Matthew uses the term virgin. And she will bear a child and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. He will be the son of God. He will be called Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And so Joseph, in great faith, probably knowing what's ahead... <laughs> Knowing unless everybody else has an angelic vision, they're not going to buy this. <laughs> but he takes it on. 
willingly, faithfully, obediently. And he goes ahead and marries uh, Mary, but they do not have any relations until after Jesus is born. And according to the Gospels, later they would have other sons and daughters the natural way. Well, the angel has also told Mary that your relative, Elizabeth, is pregnant. The one who's, who everyone said could never have a child, she's, she's in her third month. Or she's in her sixth month. And so Mary decides she's going to go see Elizabeth, and so she does. And when she goes to see Elizabeth, when Mary's voice is heard, here Mary has this child inside of her, Jesus, and here Elizabeth has this child inside of her, John. And when John, in the womb, hears Mary's voice, he starts leaping for joy. <laughs> and Elizabeth tells Mary, what, why am I so worthy that the mother of my Lord would come and see me and come into my house? Because when we heard your voice, the baby inside of me was leaping for joy. And it's at that moment that Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who has believed in the Lord and has decided to carry out his will for her. And Mary sings this wonderful, incredible, amazing song. We call it the Magnificat from the Latin of the very first words. As Mary shares about this magnificent blessing that she has been given and how this child within her will will be the savior of the world and he will rescue his people. My soul magnifies the Lord, she says. And so she stays there about three months, perhaps until the time that John is born, and then she goes. But when it comes time for John to be born, the baby is born, he's a healthy boy, a strong boy from the womb, we read. And so they go to Zechariah, his father, and they say, what are you going to name him? Because they've asked his mother, and his mother has said his name is John. And they, nobody in their family is named John. They don't understand that. They think Mary's off. And so they, they go to Zechariah, the father, and they say, what, what are we supposed to name this child? And Zechariah says his name. He asks for something to write on, and he says his name is John. And as soon as he does, his mouth is open. He can talk again. And what he does is exactly what Mary had done. He sings this wonderful song of praise. Except he also not only shares about Jesus, but he shares about his son, John. And he says, you, my son, will be called a prophet of the Most High God. And you will re prepare the people for the one who will come and bring forgiveness and be a light even for the Gentiles. And it's a wonderful, incredible, amazing moment. Well, we go a little bit further on and now it's time for Mary to give birth. But... Unfortunately, you know how things go. The emperor asks for a census. Everyone is supposed to go back and be counted in their hometown where they're from. And um, uh, Joseph is from Bethlehem of Judah. He's of the tribe of Judah, the royal tribe. He's a descendant of King David. And so he has to go to Bethlehem. And I'm sure there was some discussion. Well, we could probably get away with letting Mary stay here, but... The trip's going to be hard on her. It was about 80 miles or so for Mary and Joseph together. Probably took them about a week to travel. 
But they both go. And Mary is ready. Joseph's not going to miss this birth. Mary needs to go down there as well. And so they go. And sure enough, they finally get to Bethlehem when they've got all the other people that are there for the same reason. And so as the traditional translation says, there's no room in the inn. There's no place for them to stay. They ask around and ask around and ask around and no one has room. But finally someone says, you know, it ain't much. (laughs) But you can stay where my animals stay. That's the best I can do. And so they gladly accept, and they go there. And sure enough, the time is coming. The contractions are there, and Mary gives birth to her child, her son, her firstborn. And she wraps him up in swaddling clothes, strips of cloth, and she lays him in the only soft place in the room, a manger, a feeding trough on a bed of hay. And about that time... There's an angel that appears to these shepherds. They were close by. They were out in the country, but they were near the town. And this angel appears to them, and of course, they're taken aback. And the angel says, don't be afraid. I I bring you good tidings of great joy for all people today in the city of David, Bethlehem, is born a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's the one our people have been looking for since the days of Abraham. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find him in strips of cloth, lying on a man- in a manger. <laughs> this great Savior in the humblest of circumstances. And then about that time, heaven cannot keep quiet. Heaven has to erupt. And so a host of angels, a company of angels, joins this one angel. And they're singing praises to God. Just the same song that we've sung today. Gloria in excelsis Deo, the Latin glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to all on whom his favor can rest. And then the angels go away and the shepherds look at one another and they say, we've got to go. We've got to go see this. And they do and they go and it's exactly like the angels had said. And they go and they worship at the feet of this baby and this this family, and they leave there and they tell everybody about it. This amazing, incredible story that begins in the humblest of circumstances. Well, Joseph and Mary are there, and now on the eighth day, the law says the child is to be circumcised and named, and so they do that, and they name him Jesus. The Lord saves, that's what that means. Later, when it's appropriate for the time of purification, they go back to Jerusalem and they have, uh, the, go through that ceremony. The law says that if you're poor and can't afford a lamb, then you bring a couple of birds. And that's what they do because they're poor. And they offer up that sacrifice. And while they're there, there's an old man, a, a prophet, by the name of Simeon. And the Lord had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's salvation. And the Spirit comes into Simeon and guides him to Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And he takes the baby in his arms. And he looks to heaven and he says, Lord, now I'm ready to go. Now I'm ready to depart in peace and joy because I have seen your salvation. Anna, an older woman, a widow, 
comes and she's also been told that this baby is something special. And she goes and she sees them and she tells everyone around her, what's ahead for this baby? What's ahead for them all? And Mary and Joseph hear that and they hold on to all of those memories. Well, during that time, somewhere in there, perhaps a little bit later, when they are able to get away from that stable or a place where the animals are kept to a, a, still a, a very a humble place, but some place. There are wise men, magi, that come from the east, and they've been following this star, and it's been revealed to them that this star will lead them to the king of the Jews. And so they follow that star, and they go into Jerusalem, and there's a big hubbub about it, because this is not something that happens every day. And they ask around, and the leaders of the Jews tell them, well, Micah, the prophet, says that the Savior is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And so they say, okay. Well, King Herod, he gets a little bit insecure all the time anyway, and now there's talk about a new king of the Jews, and he says, look, I tell you what, you go and find the child, and when you find him, let me know where he is so that I can come and worship him too. Of course, not what he wants to do. And so the, the wise men, they go towards Bethlehem. They see the star again. They, they go to the place and they see Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And they worship him. And they give him gifts, gold, frankincense, and this very expensive ointment called myrrh. And then they leave, but God tells them, don't go back to Herod. And so they don't. And now King Herod realizes he's been betrayed. And, and the Lord sends an angel again to Joseph and says, take the baby away, take Mary away, go to Egypt, because King Herod is going to try to kill him, kill your son. And so they do. And when King Herod realizes that he, now he's been outfoxed again, <laughs> he has all the baby boys two years and under in Bethlehem killed, hoping that he gets the right Joseph and Mary and Jesus stay in Egypt for a while and ultimately King Herod dies and Archelaus becomes king of Judea and God comes back to Joseph again in a dream and says okay it's safe to go back now but don't go back to Bethlehem don't go back to Jerusalem go back to Nazareth where you're from where you came from when you came to Bethlehem in the first place because it's still too dangerous there. And so they do. And Joseph and Mary take baby Jesus and they make that long trip back to Nazareth in the northern province of Galilee. And they raise Jesus there. And scripture says he was full of grace and full of the power of God. And that he grew in wisdom and in stature physically. In favor with God and in favor with man. And it's the greatest story that you could ever hear. And it's no wonder that it has captured our imagination for now 2,000 years. Well, let's ask about the purpose. That's the story. What's the purpose? Well, the purpose is found in that great verse, John 3, 16. For God so, what? Loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever would believe in him would not die. Even though our sins tell us that's what we deserve. But those who would turn to him in faith 
would not die, but would receive eternal life. That is the purpose. John says in his one verse about the birth of Jesus, what we call the incarnation, God becoming flesh, the Word became flesh and lived for a while among us. And we saw His glory full of grace and truth. It's an incredible, incredible story. The writer of Hebrews tells us that uh, He had to be made like us in every way and that started at his birth and continued on throughout his life and it had to be that way so that he could be the one who could save us so a few things before we close Jesus went from heaven to earth that's what we're celebrating right the son of God himself leaving the throne room of the father to take on human form and not just any human but a servant of humans to live a life of humility and service and love, and then to be killed in an unjust, cruel way. Not just any death, but death on a cross. And yet that tomb is empty that he was laid in today. Jesus went from heaven to earth, but why? Well, he went from heaven to earth, first of all, so that we could go from sin to salvation. He came from heaven to earth so that we could go from sin to salvation, so that we could be saved. So that we could do what Caitlin has done and what so many others have done and accept that call of faith, confess faith in Jesus Christ, that this story is true, and submit to being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and being raised to live a new life. That's only possible because He went from heaven to earth. Jesus went from heaven to earth for more than just our salvation. He went so that we could go from sorrow to joy. And what an important message that is. We don't have to live our lives in sorrow anymore. Oh, He didn't come to change all of our circumstances. There's still sorrow in the world. There's still trouble in the world. And our shepherd Jay, during the shepherd's prayer, prayed over some of those. Tucker shared some of those that are in, in deep distress, they've lost loved ones, they're facing surgeries, they're recovering from surgeries, their loved ones they're concerned about. And Satan does everything he can to try to steal our joy, but Jesus went from heaven to earth so that we could go from sorrow to joy. Now, in this life. And then finally, Jesus went from heaven to earth so that we could go from earth to heaven forever. He came from heaven to earth so that we could go from earth to heaven. Isn't that amazing? So that we could join Him in the presence of the Father for eternity. All of this is possible only because Jesus went from heaven to earth. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let's stand as we sing this great song together. Joy to the world, the Lord is
to announce the special contribution total this morning. I was in Houston last week. We were celebrating Christmas with my eldest daughter. Our family was there. And so I got a text from Cody Abels uh, telling me how much the total was. So I said, well, we'll have some more come in this week. So he was excited. I said, go down front and grab the mic from somebody and announce it to everybody because it's an amazing number. So we have had other contributions this morning as well as this week. And so our final total contribution, special contribution is $307,231.58. We thank you for being such generous givers to the Lord's work at this church and also the faith and trust that you have in the leadership at this church. It's very humbling to know that you have the confidence in us and we hope that we earn that and we will definitely keep that. Thank you. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful day that we have to come and worship you. Thank you for this time of year when families get together. Thank you for this time when the world puts their focus on you. Please be with all of the, those who are traveling, and please be with the youth group as we go to Colorado this week. Please be with the members of our Western family on the prayer and care list. Please forgive us of our sins. Thank you for, every, for, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross to give us hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 